0: Christmas is ultimately about Jesus. And it's important that we remember that. Isaiah chapter nine, verse two, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them a light has shined. Sometimes we forget about our world before the coming of Jesus, don't we? Sometimes we can even forget about our lives before the coming of Jesus. And it's important that we remember it so that we never ever, in all of our years of knowing Jesus, in all of our years of walking with him, that we never lose the significance and the awe and the worship of what he has done on this night in his coming for us. For before Christ came in our world and before Christ came into our lives, what the Bible says is that there is darkness That's what our life would be like without Christ and our world would be like darkness. Darkness because of the brokenness in our hearts and in every heart who's ever lived, the brokenness between God and man. Where there was meant to be intimacy, there was rebellion and brokenness and separation and all the consequences of that in our own hearts and our own lives and our families, our communities and in the world at large darkness without Christ, sin leading to death, hopelessness, longing but no fulfillment, and deserved because of every person's own choosing. But the amazement of Christmas, the amazement that this passage tries to speak to us, to every single one of us who are here, is that for a people who have walked in darkness, who deserve to be in that darkness, but for these people, us, in darkness on them, on us, on this night with the coming of Jesus Christ into the world on them. They have seen a great light. Those who've been dwelling in deep darkness and some of us know the darkness of our past, the darkness of our hearts, the darkness of our thoughts, how deep our need is for love, for rescue, for deliverance, for redemption, for restoration. Those living, dwelling in the land of deep darkness, on them a light has shined. From the outside, God, in His great love, has shined His light. The light of that sky that we talked about earlier with the kids that night, pointing our way to the true light of the world, who is Jesus Christ. It's the greatest gift the world has ever known, and it's the greatest gift that you could ever know. We've been talking about in the last week some of those names that were given to Jesus. Names that are important names because he would be and he is our king of kings and our Lord of lords. Names that indicate who he is and names that indicate what he does and what he can do for those who believe. And tonight um, we're looking at the third name which is Everlasting Father. Father. We don't often think of the Christmas story from the perspective of creation. Christmas story is really all about God and it was God's idea. Y'all know that, right? <laughs> Christmas is God's idea. But sometimes we don't think about it from God's perspective because we're so wrapped up in what it means for us and well, we should be because it is the greatest gift, like I just said, that man has ever known, the gift of Jesus for all who believe. But from God's perspective, um, you know, if you think about it, God who never had a birthday because he was never born. He always was. God who in his overflowing abundance, I mean, God was content within himself. All glory, all, all goodness, all grace. I mean, completely perfect and glorious in every way. God overflowing in his goodness and in his heart of love with a desire to create to share his glory and to share his goodness, to create everything that we we look around at today, everything that you will ever see in the world. God spoke into the darkness. And when he spoke, he created the world. In the beginning was God. And he created God who whose idea and intention it was, whose desire and design it was to create man that he might share relationship with him, that man might have all that he needed in knowing God, that he too might bask in the wonder and the glory of knowing the greatest in all of the world who is God himself, who created and said it is good and who created man for fellowship, intimacy, personal relationship with him. What a great gift. That first gift was in the creation of man that anyone might share in the goodness of knowing the greatness of God. That's a great gift. And God, who is so happy and he called it all good. But then God, who saw man in his freedom to turn away, to turn away to trivialities, to himself putting his own selfishness and self-centeredness and desire for other things above the greatness of the glory of God. And God, from his perspective, with his heart broken, watching man as he did what God said not to do, turning away from the only one who could truly satisfy forever and ever the one who man was created for and seeing the consequences of that for sin does have consequence. Sin brings death. Seeing the separation between God and man that was always meant to be, but now separation and the chasm, the push out of the garden, and the push into the world, all the things that God did not intend to be there. For a man no longer had God at the center of his heart, but himself and his sin and all the stuff, the foolishness of Satan in the world. But from God's perspective, even there, even there at that choice, having a longing, having the desire, having the amazing love that no man can fully ever comprehend to have a decision and an intention and a plan and a purpose, even there to bring reconciliation to brokenness, to bring forgiveness where condemnation is duly deserved to provide a way of redemption. Not just to overlook sin, but to provide a way of redemption that would satisfy the demands of an all holy, glorious, beautiful, perfect God who cannot tolerate sin, but can also provide a way of forgiveness and life of covering righteousness for all who would believe from God's perspective begins the heart the plan, the desire, the design for Christmas and the plan begins to unfold and we don't have time for all of it tonight because y'all want to go home and eat some good food or something, get your kids ready for bed but the plan begins to unfold and you see the Lord begin, the Lord's idea, the Lord's idea our good and gracious God Christmas is his idea for from the beginning he began to pursue man when it wasn't deserved, he pursued in his great love. He began to call people back to himself, form them into his people, put his heart in their heart and his laws in their mind, began to shape them as his chosen people. He began to promise to them that there was coming a day when the brokenness of human hearts and of the world would be made right. He prophesied how that day would come And closer and closer and closer it got through the years and years of the longing of human hearts for things to be made right again because it was dark and the darkness seemed to be getting darker and the longing seemed to be getting deeper. And he began to prophesy There's one coming. There's a day that will be better. I am sending one who will be your redeemer, who will be a savior, who will be a forgiver, who will be the one who will intermediate between you, broken you, and me, holy me. Because I love you. There's a day coming. There's a day coming. There's a day coming. And all the signs begin to point to the day this day when in the darkness of the night the darkness that so much more than just the darkness outside but the darkness of the night comes light and it's not just in the form of a star but it's in the form of a sun for verse 6 says for unto us (laughs) this is Christmas friends From God's perspective, can you just imagine the joy of the night? For his son had come. The one who would redeem sinful men back to God himself. Who would bring restoration and redemption. And he announces to the prophet Isaiah, for unto you a son is born. Unto you a child is given. And he's not just any child, he's my child, he's my son. He will be your deliverer. He is the king and he will reign forevermore and you shall call his name. Wonderful counselor, for that's who he is. Mighty, mighty God, for that's who he is. Everlasting father, for that's who he is. And prince of peace. And of the increase of his government and of peace, there shall be no end. Praise Jesus. And the world changes because the light of God has shone. Everlasting Father. It simply reflects. Some people might think, well, gosh, is he talking about God or is he talking about Jesus? He's not talking about the first person of the Trinity. He is talking about Jesus and all of this. But he's talking about the role that Jesus would have with his people and respect to his people he shall be everlasting father. It, it basically means he shall be father forever. Um, sometimes we forget that the one who has come, yes, it's the first night that he's come on earth, but it's not the beginning of his existence. This is eternal God. The word has become flesh. Has dwelt among us. He is our everlasting father. We must not forget that the God of all eternity, the one that we just discussed, it is he who's appearing. It is he and his great love who has come. Everlasting father. And he ties it to father. Father, like we know Father. And this would be the role that Jesus plays for his people. And friends, if it were not for the coming of Jesus, you would never have the opportunity to call on your everlasting Father and to trust him and to be reconciled to him and to be restored into relationship with him. And friends, I don't know about you, but, well, I do know about you, actually. <laughs> You were created to know eternal love. That's how God designed you, and this eternal love can only be found in relationship with Him. And the amazing news on Christmas evening is that light has shone into darkness. An eternal love, the eternal love that we were originally designed for, but turned away from to go our own way, but this eternal lover, God himself, Jesus Christ, God in flesh, our everlasting father, he and his eternal love has appeared. And he calls us to know him and to enjoy him, to experience him in life, to be redeemed and reconciled unto him. I don't know about you, but um, this speaks a lot to me because um, there have been many nights in my life, in my past and even in my present that have longed for a perfect father. And every man is broken. Even I am not a perfect father to sweet Caroline. But there is place deep in our hearts where we long, we'd long for a relationship with a perfect father. And that is because that has been put there by God himself, for he is the perfect father. And the amazing thing is on Christmas, Jesus came. He came that he might restore our relationship we might again know life at home with a perfect dad who is God Jesus came as light and darkness he came to live a sinless life that all might have righteousness for righteousness can never come on our own because of our sin but he came to provide righteousness for us he came to die not because he deserved to die. In fact, he didn't. He was perfect. He was sinless. Death is a consequence for sin. Why did he come? He came to die. For who? He deemed to die for us, for you. Our sin was upon his shoulder. He died the death we deserve. The wrath of God poured out on him. He was put in a grave to prove that he was dead. But three days later, he rose again. And he lives today. He is our savior and he is our king and he is the giver of life, new life, newness of life to all who call out to him. This is what we celebrate at Christmas. I want you to watch a testimony as we continue in worship of Zach who shares about how God has changed him and helped him to know him as everlasting father.
1: I'm Zachary Watts, and I didn't get a relationship with Jesus until I went to college. Um, My whole life, I ran from God, and I was really angry with God for the, the way my life was going. I thought it was unfair, and I honestly did not think that... I thought that God did not deserve my love. I thought He did nothing to deserve me. In all reality, he did everything. He did more than enough for me. For the first few years, I grew up with my parents. And I have so many stories. Um, Really, my dad was never there. Uh, He was a truck driver and just, I don't know, just never desired to be around us. But, um, my parents, I guess they just wasn't really ready to be parents. Uh, I remember one story of my mom and them taking me to Walmart and literally trying to give me away, not even for a price, just trying to give me away, um... the only reason they didn't succeed was because someone told them, you can't do this. You can't do that. Um, so, my, as I said, my dad was never there. But, every, every year or so, he would, he would give me a call, and he would write me letters, and things like that, and say, that I would come see you for Christmas, and, Every single year, I would look forward to it, but time and time again, it would never happen, and soon, I just started losing hope that it would ever happen, because I knew he was lying to me. He would make excuses every single time for not wanting to come to see me, but I do remember this one specific time when I was like seven or eight years old. He came to see me. I haven't seen him in years. And I went to give him a hug. And he looked at me and said, quit being gay. And I just looked at myself and I was just like, is this not what I'm supposed to do? I had no idea what a father and son relationship looked like, but I thought that would be okay to give him a hug and show him that I love him. Honestly, all I wanted him to do was to look at me and to say, this is my son and I love you and I care about you. That's all I wanted. But instead, he just pushed me away. and just kind of made fun of me for wanting to give my dad a hug. So for a long time, I didn't know how to love, like how to show somebody that you love them. How is that love supposed to look like? What is it supposed to look like? When I first heard in college that God says that we can refer to Him as Father everlasting Father that word Father to me is an intimate relationship so for me To be able to call the Lord of the Universe Father. Which means that he desires a relationship with me. That he wants that intimate relationship. It overwhelmed me. Never had it before. But I knew that I wanted that. I didn't know what it looked like. But I knew that I wanted it. He did not desire this relationship for because I did so many good things that I impressed him. I did nothing. I spat in his face. I ran from him. I hated him. But he still died on the cross for me, and he did nothing but love me. That powerful love was something that amazed me. And the word everlasting to me means forever. So forever, Father. That means that I have him forever. And I know I can take joy in that. That I'm never going to lose him. Once he has me in his hand, I am his. And he's not going to let me go earthly fathers come and go but the heavenly father will always be with you he will never leave you or forsake you there are many of us during this holiday season that don't have an earthly father to go to but I'm telling you you can have so much joy in ultimate satisfaction that you can't get From an earthly father, when you have a relationship with Jesus. So you can set aside all your disappointments and all your discouragements and just hold on to Jesus. When you don't have that relationship with a father, that intimate relationship, it's like a hole. They can't be filled, but Jesus can fill it.
0: Would y'all thank Zach, who's here tonight. Thank you so much, Zach, for sharing your story. (laughs) See what love the Father has lavished upon us, that we should be called children of God. I pray this Christmas that you know Jesus that this Christmas, it's not about the presents, the food, the family, all of those are wonderful blessings, but that primarily this is about you saying thank you to Jesus. For people who have dwelt in deep darkness, on them a light has shone. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince, Came that we might be restored in our relationship with God. And it's the thing that we so desperately want and need is eternal, never-ending, fatherly love. There's only one place you're gonna find it. It's in Jesus. And so I pray, whether you know Jesus, whether you don't, that right now you would just call upon him and say, Jesus, I need you. I receive you. I thank you. I treasure the gift of your coming more than any other, for you have restored to me my relationship with God. And I thank you so, so much. Lord, we just thank you tonight for Christmas. And we just pray, Lord, for every person here that this will be a time of worship, of praise, of thanks. We thank you so much for coming and your love, your great, great love for us. And Lord, we know that salvation is not about anything that we could ever do for you, Lord. There's nothing that we can do. It's all what you have done for us and the giving of your son, Jesus, for us. And we just thank you. And we pray for hearts that believe and receive what you give. And we thank you, especially tonight, that you, Jesus, are our everlasting Father.